0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues
2: And gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was x everything the song was detonation in the public sphere and it's off of their new album slow change will pull us apart due out november 10th on neurot recordings uh, for those who care it's current and former members of kowloon walled city early graves mercy ties blow up a nihilist less art and many others This will be the band's debut album. Again, comes out November 10th. What did you hear there? Did you hear some math rock? Did you hear some Discord-influenced style sounds? I think I did. A little post-hardcore. Maybe just a little bit of hardcore. Why don't we ever just say that? Anyway, cool band. Cool combination of things coming together for one, uh, let's say, uh, percussive and uh, intense record that is slow change will pull us apart i've listened through it a few times there's another single out there right now for you to check out as well called exiting the vampire castle that was premiered on no echo earlier this week so please go look into that if you like what you heard here you can also go check out more from the band on their getting it out.net page available in the show notes of this episode also on this episode will be an interview with Dave and Alex of Horsewhip. They've got a new record called Consume and Burn, also dropping November 10th. Theirs will be on Iodine Recordings. Before we get into that, let's listen to some Hot Zone.
3: Chicken! Make family out friends, Getting it in, where you getting it out? I've all the places we've been. We're never getting it out. Where we'll we getting it in? Where you getting it out?
2: it out. A few days into November now, so you know what that means. If you've been following the podcast, my diet is done. Sobriety is over. It's time to get back to living. And to, you know, if I'm being honest, I got there a little bit early, just a little bit early on Saturday, October 28th. The world, nay, Mother Nature, sacrificed herself to give us an 81 degree day on October 28th, which here in Pennsylvania, typically that could be anything. But usually you don't think that could be warm. It's like it could be raining, it could be freezing cold, it could be snowing, but it can't be 81 degrees. But Mother Nature decided to sacrifice herself to give me an 81 degree day where I could sit out back with a friend of mine who slightly peer pressured me into drinking. And I accepted, I folded, some might say. And I had already decided before he got here that I was, but I can blame him now and Mother Nature. It's not my fault. So I gave in a couple days early. Um, I feel like the, uh, the, the purpose had been served. It was a good week for me. Fitness wise. I got some blood work done at the end of it. I, uh, did a body scan. I did, I used science on my side and I passed with flying colors on all. Okay. Not flying colors. Ideal colors is what they might say. It was an ideal month physically for me. And I'm already way off the rails with candy and, uh, not booze, but, you know, just, just can't, basically just candy. It's Halloween week, right? So there's candy everywhere. People are coming into work, leaving bags of candy behind. I don't know. But anyway, Mother Nature sacrificed herself. So I was willing to fold a little bit and drink a couple days early on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Well worth it. And, uh, you know, it's like riding a bike right back into things. Anyway, um, last night I was fortunate enough to finally go to Skid Row Garage in York, Pennsylvania and catch a show. I had been there to help out with it when it was being built. I've had MC, the guy who runs the place on a few times to discuss the making of the venue, the shutdown, the rebuild and the reopening. He's been on a lot. Um, It was really cool to finally see it full swing in action with a sold out show. It was awesome. I'm very happy to have been there. I wish... It was just a little bit closer to my house, so I didn't have to drive 45 minutes each way. But, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It's a really cool thing to have in York, Pennsylvania, because there's not much else there. So hopefully bands continue to stop by. They see that they can sell out shows at this weird spot in Pennsylvania. Hey, it's not too far from other major cities. Baltimore is right down 83. It's literally 45 minutes down the road. Uh, Philly's two hours. Pittsburgh's four. Okay, we're, we're, get, we're getting stressed here. Harrisburg's like 20 minutes. And Gettysburg is like 30. I don't know who's going to Gettysburg. Although I've been uh, trying to get my family to go to Gettysburg recently. There's a lot to do there. Maybe it's because I kind of grew up around the area. Uh, maybe it's because my grandmother and my aunt live there. So I would frequently go to the town and say, hey, there's a cannon just hanging out on that lawn. Pretty much not a normal thing in the rest of the world. But very normal. In Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Anyway, this episode's not about me, though it could be. If you want to talk more about me, please let that dream die. We're not doing it. This episode features an interview with Dave and Alex of Horsewhip. They've got a new record called Consume and Burn that I will foolishly call Crash and Burn several times through the interview, at least once. Crash and Burn. Do you remember that band? They were on Thorpe Records. They had a record that was also read I forget the name of it, but it does exist. Anyway, this is not about Crash and Burn. This is about Horsewhip and Consume and Burn they're from Tampa Bay. They're hardcore, they're metal, they're punk rock, they're whatever you want to call them. The new record, Consume and Burn, is due out November 10th. The Iodine recordings, they released two singles so far, the latest of which is called Plague Machine. And you know what? I'm going to play that for you right here, right now, and then get into my conversation with Dave. And Alex...
0: I guess it all started when I was a little kid and uh I discovered a band um called Motley Crue when I was mm-hmm. like five changed my life um you know I, Tommy Lee got me into drumming and I thought it was the coolest thing ever to do and I um just really got into like 80s glam metal um when I was younger and uh you know, it just snowballed from there. I just needed, you know, faster, louder, more extreme. So it like snowballed into Thrash, then snowballed into Death Metal and grindcore, Power Violence, you know, Screamo, um, Indie Rock. I'm um, just kind of like all over the map. And I've basically been drumming in bands since I was two, 11 or 12. So a good amount of time.
2: That's a, <laughs> that's a long time. What about you, Dave? Where's it begin for you? Um,
4: well, I mean, my first tape and music ever was, um, Jimi Hendrix Live at Monterey Pop and my dad gave me, and then Van Halen 1984 got me more into guitar. And then, uh, in high school, I was in a straight edge punk band. Uh, a lot of us kind of, kind of started out that way in bands and I have not been, I, I, started that band. We started that band in 1998 and I've been in a band ever since. Um, But I kind of got into punk kind of in a backwards way. I grew up in Tampa, I'm a Tampa native of 42 years. uh, And you know, the death metal scene here was huge. And I lived down the street from a music shop um, that I would go into and see people playing guitar all the time. It's called Thoroughbred Music. And there would be guys in death metal bands there playing and I'd be like, uh, why not do that? <laughs> and so, and like, you know, from there I went to Ace's Records and, you know, studied death metal and went to start going to shows at brass mug and playing with death metal bands and punk bands at brass mug too. So that really mixed. So, like, for instance, like one of my first bands, like we played a show, uh, Matinee show, but then the other one was like dying fetus and poison the well and <laughs> 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 <Ensepholic> carnage <laughs> it was <laughs> that's a nice combo <laughs> <It was laughs> so so super weird so um but i got through punk rock mostly just through li- my brother's cd collection like black flag and misfits and stuff like that and skateboarding things like that but yeah kind of extreme metal first for me
2: the rare the rare case you know d- uh alex you were in Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you were in Sutec Conspiracy? Yeah, that's correct. Which I say that because that's interesting. Because this is the second interview in a row with a member from Sutec Conspiracy that I've that I'm doing here. Oh,
0: really? Did you interview Layla
2: recently? I did. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a great, great woman. Um, very uh, proud of the things she's doing with
2: music these days, for sure. Yeah, it's very cool. But we don't need to talk about what she's doing. Let's talk about what you guys are doing. You, <laughs> you guys, Horsewhip, new album Crash and Burn comes out November 10th. Iodine Recordings. I feel like that's a, a record label I used to see all the time. Now I'm seeing again. Yeah. Now you guys are there with them, but you were with some other labels I was familiar with before. So, how does how do we get to Iodine Recordings in 2023?
0: So, basically, um with our former lineup, And the early days of the band, uh, 2017 to early 2020, I guess, roughly, um, we were just, you know, kind of getting our feet wet again, um, had to get our chops up. So, um, you know, the first like seven or eight songs that we wrote, uh, when we first started, um, we just went into a local studio and hammered those out in a weekend and, um, we didn't know if we wanted to do like a demo or like see if a friend wanted to put it out. Um, Luckily Dan from uh, financial ruin records and the band meat wound um, Mm -hmm. also a combat wounded veteran back in the day. Um, He was kind enough to put out our um, first LP and we put out a second LP in um, Mm -hmm. 2020. And that was a uh, combined effort between financial ruin and uh, Paul of Roman numeral records. Um, he used to sing grass back in the day. And um, pretty much after that, we had, you know, had to line up shifts in 2020 uh, during COVID added Dave on guitar. And then Sean and Jeff took over on vocal duties. Um, so we were kind of like ready to, take it to the next level and make it more extreme and just raw and organic, um, just really dark. Um, so basically I, I just saw what iodine was doing again, they were back and I really liked the way they pushed their bands and promoted it. Um, seemed like they have a lot of passion for what they do. They're really into the bands that they, you know, have on their label and really support those bands. So I kind of popped into Casey's messages one day and I said, Hey, you know, I used to follow your label, um, back when I was a kid and there were a lot of, you know, good bands on that label. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that I was a fan of the label back in the day. Um, and you know, I play in a extreme hardcore band. So if there's any, you you know, any way you want to listen to a couple songs, um, I can shoot them over to you and it just kind of went from there. And, um, you know he liked what he heard i guess and uh i guess enough to put out the record so uh lucky for us and uh yeah we recorded it back in march of this year uh minus the two tracks that we recorded when Dave first joined the band in uh 2020.
4: yeah 2021 i think yeah or
0: that year, whatever.
4: Yeah, <laughs> kind from of the same studio. It's we reamped everything, so and remixed it. But yeah, it's pretty much uh, a part of the consuming and burn record. And we did two songs first, and then we did the rest.
2: Well, you mentioned that lineup shift, and that's exactly what I was going to call it too, mm-hmm. because not only did Dave join the band, but you guys switched around like you mentioned vocal duties and all sorts so so why the lineup shift and dave how did you find your way into horsewhip
4: okay well um well sean drees and i were in a band called guilt maker for many years um it's not heavy uh it's heavy sad <laughs> uh but um it was amazing yeah, I, I, I i thank you alex i've I'd been hanging out with horse um, like going on tour with them, just doing merch and just having fun and hanging out. Mm. And Sean and I talk about guitar stuff all the time, all the time. And, you know, I think there was some conversation about it early on, but I was just like, Hey, okay. Um, you know, they already were already abandoned stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I really would, I don't know where my lane would be in this, you know? I was like, if I do it, it's got to work, you know, it's gotta, it's, you know, um, but, um, come 2020, uh, COVID popped around and, um, we had a vocalist, Mike, um, he, uh, we, uh, um, basically were, we practiced a couple of times with me and I've been convincing or not convincing, but I really, I've been like telling Sean, that I know he's a super strong vocalist and I know Jeff can do vocals. And I thought like the only way it would kind of gel is if it would still be a four piece and whatever, but that's nothing to do with Mike at all. Um, I don't have any emotional or, or investment in him leaving the band at all. I think he's a cool dude and uh, we've been on tour together and yeah, but that's pretty much how it came about. I was bored during COVID. We had we had, we had uh, the wherewithal to start practicing, and I learned almost the whole catalog <laughs> at home. And then uh, started playing groups of songs, and then yeah, the rest we just kind of hacked together a, a record. <laughs>
2: and, and now here we are. So I imagine because you said it was uh, over COVID stuff. Was it a while before you actually got to play a show? Yeah. yeah.
4: Show. W- when was that, Alex? In 2021? No, the
0: first show we played back was in St. Pete in August of 2021. Yeah. 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 With a lineup.
4: Yeah, We, we played um, a lot of songs that day, I remember. <laughs> and we played outside and it was like kind of like the first show back around here kind of. Mm-hmm. And we we like to take control of our shows and make sure they're fun for everyone. Like we had Jeff's hot dog cart there, and you know all of our friends played, and it was really cool. It was it was a cool first show for for me uh, to be in Horsewhip, and um, my friends were there, and it was super fun. And everyone seemed to really like it too, so that was good.
2: <laughs> you got the approval then, not only from from the from the members, but the the scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean a lot of people, you know, i played in other bands and stuff, but sure. I, I I no longer do. I just pretty much play in So
0: I mean it just made sense at a certain point, you know, we needed to um kind of beef things up, so to speak, and um, you know, Dave knows our songs, he knows us as people, you know, we're friends and it just made sense that he would kind of step in and see if it worked out and um, here we are in 2023. Um, and, uh, we're just still having fun.
4: Yeah. It's actually been three years to the, the week that I joined horse whip. Yeah.
2: It's the anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> almost Yeah, close enough. Almost the three year anniversary to the release of the record. Like we already yeah. mentioned, comes out the 10th of November. Maybe we didn't mention that, but it comes out the 10th of November on iodine recording. Being that you guys are veterans well-established in whatever you want to call it hardcore punk extreme music what you know you you get what i'm saying what type of expectations do you have for horse whip at this point i guess at this point we're just trying to push the
0: record as much as we can on our end um for iodine because they're really you know really pushing us hard and uh, Mm -hmm. putting a lot of time and effort into what we're doing and we were truly really appreciate that they're doing amazing things. And, uh, so the thing is we, we just can't tour extensively due to our, you know, careers. And some of us are married. Um, one member has a, has a kid. Um, so basically we just do what we can when we can. Um, and we just try to plan, you know, smart little, uh, jaunts here and there, um, to make it worthwhile and, Um, yeah, so we're just hoping to, you know, do a lot of weekend trips, um, the next year. Um, maybe a little run of the South. Um, so far, that's all we really have planned. Um, but we, we are looking to get on some more fests, um, you know, along the way, some fests, you know, long weekends out. Um.
4: We just need to get the hell out of Florida. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a long drive out. But yeah, I, I feel like my personal goal with this record and this band was just to make the best art possible with my friends. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that Iodine is picking it up and let us choose a person to do our own music video, which turned out amazing. Our friend Annette Moon did it. And it, it's probably one of the best hardcore videos I've ever seen. I mean, it's not just us in an empty room playing, you know, and throwing guitars around, you know,
2: in a warehouse, um, or an old warehouse, yeah, and uh, it, we'll, we'll walking down. A... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so you know,
4: not to knock anyone else's video. I just, I, I mean, I'm really into visual art and stuff like that too. And Chris Norris, uh, who was in Combat and Reversal, did our record cover. He did mm-hmm. previous record covers for Sean's Sean and I's band, Guilt Maker, and um, it turned out amazing and Yeah. The goal here for me is just to present the best work possible and go out with my friends and have a release of energy. (laughs) And if people love it or people like it and stuff, that's great too. Um, and this has been like, kind of like the best band I've been in so far, you know, like as far as fulfillment goes. So, so far so good.
2: That's good. That's great. And you know, I found this Pretty generally across like all my conversations over the years, you know, I've done hundreds of these. Right? What I always find to be common, and maybe you'll agree or disagree, is that people who've been at it for a long time they're having more fun now because of their expectations are in the right place. Is that something that you guys would or like the realist? You're back. You're in touch with reality. You know what's going to happen. You know what to expect. And would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, I used to work at a record label, a DIY record label that turned into a platinum selling record label. Um <laughs> killed by Ramen. Yeah. Um and <laughs> um and you know, Sean and I's last band it was together for we were together for a number of years and tried to tour in like 2007 and stuff like that and it was so difficult <laughs> uh, back then. Um even more difficult than when I was a teenager, you know. It was it was strange. It was Financially just crushing and weird. (laughs) Um, But then again, it's, you know, we didn't really do any type of things that we're doing for with horse whip and don't have the same attention and stuff like that as well. And we, there weren't streaming services. So, I mean, I, I, I wanted a career in music and I was heading that way, but I decided to not do that. (laughs) Um, and you and, and go back to school and things like that. So uh, yeah, I know what to expect, but I, I never know exactly what to expect. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of surprises life can throw at you. So
0: yeah, and I kind of feel like um, it's been, you know, easier for for horse whip to make headway, I guess, just because of you know, recent developments and technology, you know, we've got all the streaming service, um, the streaming services we have, uh, Bandcamp. we have all these, you know, avenues to um, be able to promote and get our, you know, get the sounds out there. Um, so I guess that's how a lot of bands are really um, getting noticed these days. Um, it just seems like hardcore is really coming me back in a big way. Um, not that it ever died. Um but there's just, there's just something in the air. You can tell like something's about to break. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a really positive time for us. And I think being in our forties and having a lot of life experiences and being in previous bands, um, I think we know how to, uh, work together well and, you know, give construct, constructive criticism when needed. um, and just, you know, be able to be honest and open with each other and, um, you know, as adults should do. And, uh, yeah, it just works. And, um, we're really looking forward to what's going to happen in the future.
2: Well, tell me about Consume and Burn. What, what are you most looking forward to with the release of Consume and Burn? I'm really looking forward to just,
0: cause I feel it's still a new chapter beginning for the band. Um, you know, we, we defined our sound and made it, you know, a lot more heavy and, um, it's just a great time for bands like us to really just push it a little bit. Um, I'm really looking forward to taking some trips next year. We haven't really been out on the road, um, a lot since COVID. Um, so yeah, I just want to play some fests and go out there and have some fun with my friends and, um,
4: meet some new friends and just see the country a little bit again. Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to get out to Texas. That'd be fun. I want to, you know, get up the East coast and the West coast and all that stuff. And my personal goal would be to get to Europe. But, um, cause I have had a couple tours that I was going to go on or fill in guitar or something and something happened at the last second with my friend's band or I got sick or something, you know, um, I'm, you know, I just, I really like playing live too. And like, I love seeing people's faces when we start playing, they're just like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> um, that, and that's exciting, you know, just getting feedback from people and just sharing those like moments and just, you know, with my friends and just kind of letting the autopilot take control, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not there playing guitar, but I don't really have to think about it too much. And it's, you know, Sort of easy sometimes.
2: <laughs> what's a what's a good show for Horsewhip? Like, is it is it the more hardcore leaning side? Is it the more punk? Is it the more metal? Because because I feel like you guys could fit in all th- you know wh- whatever fucking subgenre you want to call. It, I feel like you can fit in all the little categories. So where do you find Horsewhip goes over best? I mean, if it's a more
0: heavy leaning show, if the lineup consists of like more heavy bands, I guess it's a more cohesive show altogether. And it's just the same kind of energy in the room, same kind of crowd. But, um, you know, then, then there's those crazy Florida lineups where, you know, it's just a mishmash of, um, genres and different kinds of bands with different sounds and ideas. And, um, like you said, I, I think we all come from, you know, so many musical influences, but I think we could fit on, You know, a punk show, I think we could fit on a hardcore show or a crush show. Uh you name it. We've played with all kinds of bands. So uh we just uh, to play and get our um get our
4: release, you know. Yeah. Florida is a very historically a mixed bill like place. Like you know, just for, if you look at like old Reversal Man flyers, you're like, can I see like Pogo and Reversal Man or something like that, or yeah, you know, ass Suck and you know, re- Refused, and you know, stuff like that. Or I mean, and also the first show that we played, we played with our friend Ricky and what's your name the band? I forget. They're they're broken up, but anyways you know, it was a mixed bill and, and the next show we're playing is a festival that I'm organizing called Hellshine, And it is also another mixed bill event. There's crossover thrash, there's industrial noise, there's, um, death metal, there's extreme metal, there's straight up power violence. There's straight up punk. There's some atmospheric heavier bands. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of generally how it is in Florida. I mean, if you look at the bands that are from here, we don't have that typical hardcore bands that come from here. Like you think of bands from Florida, like Floor, right. Or, you know, floor torch, you know, uh, right. aspect, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I'm not privy to if, you know, I probably am not privy to like that more hardcore Northeast stuff just because of my geographic isolation down here and what was available. But, um, you know, I welcome anyone that wants to, my, my mentality about it is mostly anytime, anywhere, as long as the other bands are respectful and they can help us draw people or new people to come watch us too.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah, I find I often talk about show lineups, like you guys are speaking about, like the mixed bills, but it's always like a, Like it used to happen. Like I always talk about how it used to happen all the time in the early 2000s or something. There was a lot of, a lot of shit was called hardcore that wasn't even close or whatever. You know what I mean? But it didn't matter. It was, you know, the ethos, not the sound, whatever, all that. Um, and, uh, I think, I feel like that's coming around again. I feel like it is around again, um, more so nationwide. But I also, like I mentioned earlier, go to one show every six months. So what the fuck do I really know? But. I can
4: tell you, we've seen it really. I mean, and even since I've been in the band, uh, hardcore has exploded, like into mainstream, you know, Grammy territory. You talk about Turnstile, Scowl, or you know, Soul Glow playing Coachella and stuff. We, you know, Horsewood played with Soul, Soul Glow like two years ago, and there were not right. that many people there in Jacksonville. You know, it's like, and they're a great band. And when we saw them at the, uh, I guess it was two festivals ago, Alex. We were both, we were all like, whoa this is amazing <laughs> they're going they're going places that we aren't <laughs> but uh uh but i'm all for it i mean it's it's a i think it's a signal for of younger people getting interested in hardcore and mm-hmm. they're also mixing genres and stuff like that but then at the same time there's also people that are getting into like you know like the deathcore stuff and the beatdown hardcore stuff crowd killing stuff which is not technically my my wheelhouse or thing but no. If you like it, that's fine. Um, but, you know, that just, that stuff never really made it down here. Uh, I don't.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare.
4: Like I would see like you know bands like Snapcase and Earth Crisis or you know Victory Records bands really right and like '90s skate punk bands down here that you know that was pretty much it. But we didn't have like local hardcore bands per se. <laughs> we had <laughs> punk bands for sure. Um, and you know there's a long history of of DIY punk in the underground in, in Florida and. Uh, obviously in Miami more so than, than actual Tampa and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a interesting lineage to go dig back and see who was around too. So in and, and Florida is a unique place and the sounds are unique too. So, but I mean, I'm all for what the young kids are doing for sure. I've called them young kids, <laughs> but <laughs> seriously, the some of the kids we play with, you know, they're young enough to be my kids, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I love it, you know, and I think, I think it's great.
0: And that's the other thing too. It's like, uh, you know, more than anything, more than the music and more than, you know, labeling this punk or this hardcore, what is, what do those things mean to you? Um, it's just really so exciting to see a whole new generation, um, coming up, getting into hardcore and punk and the ideals and the politics. And, uh, You know, it's just, it's, it's just cool to see, you know, I'll, I'll be at a show and I'll look around the room and I'll, I'll see all kinds of people, all walks of life, um, you know, and for, you know, a new generation of people to be able to go somewhere and you know, find their tribe and not feel like the weird kid and, and not feel like, you know, it's not, not okay to, um, you know, come out as gay or, or lesbian or transgender or whatever, you know, you feel like you have to suppress, um, you know, hardcore and punk has always been a safe space for that to, um, you know, for acceptance and, um, you know, just to feel like you belong somewhere in a society that degrades you, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd certainly agree that, uh, it's way more open-minded now than it ever was. Cause I, when I was a kid, when I, you know, when I was younger, I mean, it was, it was, uh, we acted like it was open-minded, but it was but that's not what, what was actually happening. What, you know, and now it's, we make the joke that, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to have to come out straight, uh, to, you know, in this, in this crowd, you know, it's which, which, which I mean is not made to make fun. It's just saying that everybody's welcome and it's all cool now. Um, is there a an overlying theme or message or anything that you want to get across specifically with the consume and burn record, or maybe just horsewhip as a band?
0: I think for the most part, like uh, we're we're not in like we're not an overly political band, and we don't talk a lot between songs because it's just we like to. I guess it's more of just a a release or catharsis mm-hmm. for us, and it's not like we don't carry those ideals still. And it's not like we don't talk to people about them. It's just, um, the lyrics are a little bit more personal and they, they come from Sean's brain and it's, you know, the, they're usually from a dark place and, um, uh, you know, songs could be about his personal life or views on the world or, uh, but it's in a very, um, tasteful, vague way. And I think, you know, a lot of the lyrics are open to interpretation, um, which is good because you can kind of determine what you think the song means or how you feel about it. And, um, but we will always, you know, let people know first and foremost that, you know, we're, we carry the, yeah, you know, the punk flag, it's, you know, no racism, no sexism, no homophobia, no transphobia. Um, don't be an ass at our shows. Um, And everybody try to just, you know, get that bad week out of your system, I guess. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. For me, I mean, I can't speak to Sean's lyrics personally. Um, but, uh, like writing guitar parts and adding to horse whip, uh, like adding to the sonic palette and pushing it farther than it was going where it was going. Um, the last record Laid to waste. I uh, only has one guitar on it. It was recorded pretty quickly um, and our friend Jeremy did it, and it sounds great and stuff and we we like that record um, and we like playing those songs. but with two guitar players, the vocabulary is so much grandiose now, and like uh, I had a lot of atmosphere in between songs. I don't like talking in between songs <laughs> Um, as much as possible, we, I play the song clips or I will play a song by myself that's like on Laid to Waste called Ruin Live while everyone else is tuning and taking a break. So I really want it to, when people come to a horseshoe show I want it to be an environment of like sonic
2: destruction. Yeah, sounds <laughs> it sounds like intensity is kind of... The, yeah.
4: <laughs> and yeah. you know, and by the time it's over, we only play for like 20 minutes. I'm like so pooped. <laughs> I'm like,' I'm like, all right, I did a good job. I put myself out. <laughs> I mean, really, the message I, it really is just there's lots of heavy music out there today. And I think of course a, a, from an outsider kind of view because I would not have been the band the whole time, offers something uh something unique and different that's also very Florida to me. So I wanted to inject that those influences that I had, you know, like like I was speaking of earlier into it too. So.
2: Yeah, I think for me, you guys play a sound that I'm familiar with, but it's not a sound I feel like I've heard in a while. I mean, I know I'm sure there are bands doing it. I just haven't been in tune with it, and uh, and so I so I like hearing the new record. Consumer Burn was like a like taking me back to certain other bands and records and sounds that I'm fond Mm -hmm. of, but again, haven't heard in a while.
4: Yeah, it's definitely got that nostalgic punk press punk Mm -hmm. thing going on, but there's also like an atmospheric like intensity to you know the delay pedal parts and you know the you know the little interludes we do and things like that of that nature and just the whole flow of the record is really important um I didn't come up with it Sean and I was like I don't know they're all like which order do we do this and you know and uh but it turned out well and and uh yeah I just I just want people to know that Florida is a safe place for hardcore and punk no matter what you you hear And I want people to have an opportunity that I didn't have growing up to see bands like, you know, that were playing that are playing Hellshine, like Fugitive and Iron Lung and Brain Tourniquet and Genocide Pact and stuff like that. They're
2: all great um, bands right there.
4: Yeah. Every every one
2: of them. Yeah. We got a lot of good ones on that.
4: Yeah. yeah. Say it again, Alex.
0: That weekend is going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it.
4: Yeah. And there's just also something else going on right now in general in Tampa. Like I just know more people in bands and more people are in bands now. And, you know, Jeff plays in heaven's gate with Tony from municipal waste and Paul from Campbell (laughs) corpse and, and our friend, Mike, uh, who plays in warthog, um, you know, having a band like that around is like so uplifting for everyone else to want to start a band you know, too. Mm-hmm. And there's younger Tampa bands that I'm discovering every day that are awesome. <laughs> you know, and like, and there's people that I see at the, you know, the local Legion or VFW hall, you know, just hanging out. They're like, oh, I'm in a band. I'm like, oh, cool. Let me hear it. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And just for example, my friend's band, Super Bitch. They're awesome. <laughs> Super Bitch, is
2: that what you said? I'm going to write yeah. it down.
4: <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's 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 punk adjacent for sure, but they're like you know, they're younger people and then they rock, <laughs> you know, not necessarily hardcore, but still I would play a show with them, you know,
0: you know, the state of affairs in Florida and our political climate here. Um, mm-hmm. We just always, you know, when bands come through, we want to make sure that they know that, you know, we're we're still here for them and that, you know, we don't agree with what's going on uh, politically in this state. And, you know, it's kind of the butt of
2: everyone's joke right now. Um I mean, well, I'm just... in Pennsylvania. So we've been made fun of a lot too. When we had the Dr. Oz guy against the guy oh. who won Fetterman who, oh. you know, was who had a stroke and could barely talk. And, but he was once at a municipal waste show. So he got points there. Yeah. Anyone. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, we have a couple pride flags that will hang on our, um, our amps. And, uh, you know, we just we just want everybody to know that, you know, Florida's still OK. Um, you know, you don't have to avoid the punk or hardcore scene here. Not everyone is like those maggots, you know, that you see on the news or the media. So, yeah, uh, we have a really good community here.
4: It's super important for me, too, because I grew up in an LGBTQ household. I have an alternative parent structure. Right. (laughs) What we used to call it back then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, it's, you know, being ridiculed and, and, and uh, growing up with gay parents um, really, you know, even though I'm a cis dude, you know, it still feels like there's so much. It, like hate and disregard for people just because of their preference, but it all stems from other people's projection of how uncomfortable they are with themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, I think people should just be comfortable with themselves and and comfortable with being at a hardcore show in Florida and not be scared of weirdos.
2: <laughs> so, well, I've I've asked this question before to other people from Florida doing this, and uh, since we're on the topic, what is the most uh, aggravating or annoying Florida stereotype that we're all
4: insane right wing nut jobs mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if you, yeah, I mean if you look at the Florida electorate right now as far as registered voters over mm-hmm. the past two years, there's five hundred thousand more, I think you don't call me directly on this, but something of that number, five hundred thousand more Republican uh registered voters than there are Democrat voters. Um, and there's, you know, there's another unregistered or un, unaffiliated party number two, but uh, it's no, the numbers don't lie. Uh, the people are leaving here. Yeah. Um, and people, we see it, the environment on the roads here, people are very aggressive and they wear their transphobic Punisher war metal thing on their trucks and think that they own the world because Ron DeSantis carved out their COVID paradise for them down here. And then Raised our rents up fifty percent, basically by doing that. Um, and it's absolutely dog shit situation, actually, for uh, for actual native Floridians because our wages have not gone up. And uh, you know, I think there there's a big stereotype that there's a bunch of people like that there. But I want to say this: another thing, I I will talk to a Trump supporter, and then we'll talk, and then they're like, "I like you, man. I got a lot in common with you. I think you're a cool dude." And they're like fuck Joe yeah. Biden. Like, yeah, fuck Joe Biden too, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's what I always think. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Like, you and I want the both the same thing, and you just want it in a different way. And and then stop hating everyone else, just like yourself a little bit more, right? So, you know, I, I'm I i can not say that like I'm like, you know, I, that Florida man thing is like not real, but it, it it's a misconception because Florida has always been a purple state, really. If you mm-hmm. look at the like, you know, numbers, and obviously. You know, the history of the voting doesn't really show that. Uh, but, you know, we've lost elections to 100 votes. You know, the presidential election of 2000, the whole course of history could have changed because of 800 votes or whatever it was. Right. You know, You know. so, yeah, I think the biggest misconception I don't want people to think is that Florida is done.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad of a from for outsider looking in. I don't think I think it's. Typically, the the most common stereotype is the Florida man thing, you might. Where, sh- where really to to most people, that just means like crazy people. And it's not necessarily a political alignment. It's just like, what is this fucking hillbilly up to, you know? And that's that's the genuine stereotype. And so, uh, the reason I ask this stuff is because, like, I'm I'm in Pennsylvania, like I mentioned before. But for a long time, I lived in Baltimore, and uh, there was it always annoyed me that people would um comment on Pennsylvanians, which is like 45 minutes north. It was really close. Mm-hmm. Um they would seem like, oh, there's there's you know two cities, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, and it's Kentucky in between. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? What do you think you are? You know, like it's there's only I don't know. But um uh, it's a it's an imaginary line
4: drawn on a map. <laughs>
2: right, right. right. Really. That they fall in.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I
0: just wanted to go off of the floor demand mention. Um, yeah, that's the other perception that people have of Florida that, you know, everyone's crazy and on meth and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, that's really saying like, we've still got a long way to go as far as, um, being advocates for mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. it all starts in the brain and you got to take care of that brain and, um, you know, there there needs to be more resources for people to be able to reach out, you know, for help and to better themselves. And I think it's, we've got a long way to go as far as mental health in this country.
4: Yeah. Especially those Nazis that wave, wave flags outside of Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> they get all the attention, though. It's like literally, it'll be like 12 people, you know, and like all over national news. And it's like, right. We had Nazis back in the day in the punk scene, but you know what happened? Someone got a bottle taken to their abs, and they got cut open, and they and they got beat up a bunch, and then they didn't come back. It wasn't a problem in the late '90s anymore. So uh, it, there's a, there, it, there there you know there's a history of that type of mentality in Florida, but there's also a history of resistance against it as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, uh, comparing state to state, we had that big time up here in Pennsylvania, Delaware had it, Maryland had it, you know, so it's, it's, it's not just a, it's not just a Florida problem none of it's a problem. It's all just reality everywhere. But, uh, but, but, you know, like, like you said, the 12 people outside the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as we always say about the complainers at work. And that's why, uh, it gets, they get noticed, but enough about them. Let's go back real quick to before we wrap this up to consume and burn. It comes out November 10th iodine recordings. What's what's after that? What, what happens with horse whip after that? Um,
0: just, uh, play as many shows as we can next year. Um, we'll start there and, uh, just hopefully start writing some new songs soon as well. Um, so we can prepare for the next record. Um, cause I think, uh, yeah, I think we're, really inspired at this point to uh you know kind of step it up from this record even and write Mm -hmm. some new stuff and see how that turns out and yeah just keep chugging along.
4: There's a few bands I'd like to play with, you know, and that are some have like reached out a little bit and said, oh it'd be neat to do this, it'd be neat to do that, but nothing's set in solid yet. Um um yeah, I mean it for me I always write music all the time and i'm always thinking about the next thing with horsewhip stuff even though they don't see it all the time um <laughs> I, I i sit in this, this studio and hack it out but i think really what we're gonna do is push and promote this record and try to you know do the best we can with it because the last one uh we didn't really do that or weren't able to um, as much. And I think we're going to have better opportunities and set up better this way uh, to, to push this record and just to push ourselves and to get a little uncomfortable, get out, out there on the road and play with great bands that we, we like and, and, and make friends
2: along the way. What about the process of the making of Consume and Burn did you enjoy most that you'd like to do more of with the next record?
0: I guess, you know, we, it, it all started with Dave joining the band. Um, it just brought a new life into the band and it made it more, uh, meaty, I guess you would say. Um, and just kind of, you know, made it sound more full, like, uh, you know, how we should have sounded from the beginning pretty much. And, um, it was just kind of refreshing. Um, so yeah, I'm just really looking forward to, um, You know what Sean and Dave come up with as far as writing goes, what kind of riffs they come up with, um, because they really complement each other very well. Um, Just adding some like crazy, you know, ambient parts in there or just, you know, a melody. Um, Dave plays a melody over, you know, something Sean is playing and it sounds really cool. And um, I'm just looking forward to expanding our sound a bit, I guess.
4: Yeah, I would say so too. If, if you listen, when you listen to Consumer Burn, if you listen to it closely, there's lots of detail in there, uh, and that kind of stems from the amps and the guitars that we use, too, and also our style of playing. And it's not a traditional like, "Hey, I'm gonna play this this harmony part. Why don't you play this?" It's like totally like, like it, for instance, in Guilt Maker, it was two different guitar lines and a different bass line, and it made up a song. It was never the same, (laughs) but it just worked. And Sean and I have been writing together for a really long time and I'm looking to push myself into a more, uh, territory where I am struggling to play the songs correctly, you know, because I've written something that's too difficult for me to play, you know? Mm. So uh, for instance, the music video, the song for the music video, um, plague machine, uh, that song's, was super difficult for us to nail down. Uh, you know, we got it in the studio, but we were just like, okay, how do we play this <laughs> <laughs> right out of our, our wheelhouse here? Or, you know, but it right. it true. It, you know, we're just pushing ourselves to play faster and more intricate and more smart, you know? And I think the next one's going to be even like Alex saying, meteor and, and, um, even faster probably or in, in, you know, there's slower songs on this. There's a slow, slower song on this record. There's also an ambient piece called, um, dark matter that I wrote. Um, and yeah, I just looking to push myself with my friends and keep going.
2: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Dave and Alex of Horse Whip. The song you just heard was Buried. It's off of Consume and Burn out November 10th on Iodine Recordings. Thanks to those fellows for having a conversation with me. A pleasant one, an informative one, a wiser one than I am. Um, I also want to thank the Philadelphia 76ers for finally trading that bum, James Harden. Unfortunately, they got back a whole bunch of bums. But you know what? It's just one bum for another or one bum for four others. And that's the way it is. Uh, Hopefully we can move on with our lives now. Maybe you can too. Hey, did you guys uh, happen to see Victor Wemben Yama put up 38 points on the Phoenix Suns yesterday? Sheesh, that guy. I guess he's going to be that good, huh? You didn't know we were going right into sports talk after an interview of Hardcore Punk, did you? Well, here we are. Man. My fantasy basketball team is looking okay. I'm not looking very strong. It's just looking okay. I'm really waiting out this Ja Morant thing. 25 games is a long time, but he'll be a hell of a steal if he's coming off of my bench midway through the fantasy basketball season and putting up points. Speaking of fantasy sports, do you want to know what's going on with my football team? Third place. We're doing fine, okay? Maybe we'll do good this week. Maybe not. The 49ers are on a bye week, which is really bad for a team that's focused on Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. So I'm struggling this week, but I'll get there. It's okay. Don't worry about me. I'm not worried about me. You shouldn't be worried about me. You should just be excited that right now we have football and basketball to watch, the only two sports I generally care about. I also like to watch a bit of the old MMA, but that's as time allows, and usually it doesn't allow for much. Maybe some mornings. I'd love to watch more soccer. I really would. I just uh, have dedicated myself. I've I've decided I am a uh, AC Milan fan that's in Italy, Serie A. That's where my wife is from. That's the team her family supports. So uh, that's the ones I jumped on with. And it's like impossible to watch those games because they happen in the middle of the day. And we don't have the streaming service that has them. So I just checked the scores here and there. We have the U.S.'s best player, Christian Pulisic. Um, At least that's what I'm told he is. I don't know much about it. I just I try. Okay. I wish I wish I was into hockey. I would love to get into hockey, but I can't do the 82 game season that runs parallel to the NBA. Uh, you've heard me say this before, but that's the way it is. Anyway, it's Friday. There's a lot of new records out today. Please go check something out. Uh, I'm not looking at the list off, but here's uh but here's some I can think of off the top of my head. The new fuming mouth. I just had a, I just had that episode with Mark last week. The new fuming mouth is out today. Last day of sun. Also on Nuclear Blast, there's two other pretty big records, Green Lung, This Heathen Land, and the new one from Suffocation, which I can't think of the name. There's a new one from Insomnium, and there's uh, quite a few, actually. Dying Wish is dropping their new one. Carnation, that's coming on Season of Mist. Uh, It's called um, Cursed Mortality. That's a very good record, I'm sure. Uh, Angra, the Brazilian progressive power metal band is back with their new full-length cycles of pain. Um, I don't know. There's plenty of stuff. The year is not done with us yet, so please check out a new record today, whether it's Horsewhip or whatever the hell else you want. Hey, I should end this with a new song. Maybe a new song that came out earlier today. But Jesus, what should it be? You know what I should do? I should just go to the Paint It Black well. Let's play Dominion from Paint It Black. It's on their new EP, Famine. Out now on Revelation Records. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.
3: Stuck between the carry and sick, stay stacked.